Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul is test again this morning, Jesus. My soul thirsts to know you as I'm known. My soul thirsts to know you better and better this morning. My soul thirsts to know the covenant-keeping God, to worship in your presence, to magnify the rock of ages, to magnify the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. My soul thirsts to give you glory this morning, to worship the one who is king of kings, to worship the one who is lord of lords. My soul thirsts to give you glory. My soul thirsts to magnify your name. Father, your name is great. It is greatly to be praised. Lord, your name is good. Your name is faithful. Your name is kind, Lord. Your name is to be praised. Be magnified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. As we come into your presence to worship and to read your word again this morning, we ask, Lord, speak to us once again. Help us to learn in your presence and grant us wisdom and understanding. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. Let's continue reading our Bibles this morning. Um, we stopped yesterday uh, on Luke chapter, chapter 4, verse 21. Okay, so we'll continue from there. A big thank you once again to everyone who join in daily to read the word of God. So whether you are joining me on Anchor, on Spotify, you get this on WhatsApp, or you uh, you check me out on my Facebook page, uh, Mafia Yenike. Uh, thank you. God bless you. Uh, please continue to read the word of God every day, and I promise you, your life will never remain the same. Um, Let's continue reading this morning. We've been reading two chapters every day in the 30 minutes we have to read. Uh, so, like I said, we can stop almost anywhere. The, the chapters in, in the book of Luke are a bit long, okay? So, we can stop anywhere, but we know the chapters where we are stopping. So, yesterday we stopped on Luke chapter 4, verse 21. Um, if we can get to Luke chapter 6, I'll be fine today. It says, Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just had has been fulfilled this very day. Someone actually sent me a message that I mentioned. I read this twice yesterday and said, The scripture you've just read. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Okay. Thank you for paying attention and reading along with me okay then he began then he began to speak to them the scripture you've just had has been fulfilled this very day everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips 
how can this be? They asked, isn't this Joseph's son? Okay, isn't this Joseph's son? So obviously, it's in Nazareth. Then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Meaning, do miracles here in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. Verse 24, but I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Okay, Jesus said it. No prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly, uh, there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet, Elijah was not sent to any of them. Have you ever thought about that? Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon, Tyre and Sidon. Okay? That was where God sent Elijah. Okay? Away from, from the nation of Israel. He says, And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elisha, but the only one healed was Nehemiah, a Syrian. Wow. Verse 28, when they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill. They wanted to kill him just for pointing out that, that a prophet is never honored in his own hometown. He says uh, they forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliffs. The cliff, eh? This, is, this looks more, more, more like demonic possession. I'm sorry. Okay, it's not uh, that serious, please. Is it? But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. I love this one. Okay, he passed right through the crowd because his purpose is to die on the cross. He was not going to die uh, by being pushed off the hill. Okay, he walked. He, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Wow. So Jesus, next, Jesus cast out a demon, verse 31. Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There too, the people were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with authority. He saw the way he applied the Nehemiah's um, story just now and the widow of Zarephath. Okay, that's how Jesus used to teach. Okay, he taught them with parable and then usually will bring out the the value, the truth in the in in the stories, especially those that you have in the Old Testament. He will bring out the values in the truth. So they 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 said he spoke with authority. Okay, thirty three once when he was in the synagogue. A man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, cried out, shouting, Go away! Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the only one of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, Be quiet! Come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. 
then it came out of him without hurting him further. Hmm. Okay. Without hurting him further. Amazed, the people exclaimed, What authority and power this man's words possess? His words, eh? Possessed authority and power. Hmm? He says, what authority and power this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him and they flee at his command. The news about Jesus spread through every village in the entire, in the entire region. Next, Jesus heals, Jesus heals many people. After leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's home where he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at a bedside, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And she got up at once and prepared a meal for her. I love this one. She got up at once. She was ill though. She could have continued lying down on that bed. But she, she, she demonstrated her feet. She got up at once and prepared a meal for them. As the sun went down that evening, the people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch, the touch of his hand, that it says no matter the, what the diseases were, the touch of his hand, healed everyone the touch of his hand many were possessed many were possessed by demons and the demons came out of his came out at his command shouting you are the son of god ah but because they knew he was the messiah he rebuked them and refused to let them to let them speak finally jesus continues to preach verse 40, 42 early the next morning Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. They begged him not to leave them. But Jesus came for a purpose. Eh? Uh, begging was not going to be enough. They begged him not to leave, to leave them. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns. In other towns too because that is why I was sent. I did not come for popularity. I did not come for a, a particular group to just keep my name or claim to own my name to themselves. I came for the whole world, okay? To be the atonement for sin for the whole world. I'm sure Jesus was thinking in his heart in verse 44. So he continued to travel around preaching in synagogues throughout throughout judea okay so that completes luke chapter 4 so let's move to luke chapter 5 like i said if we can we'll get to Luke. i hope we definitely get to luke chapter 6 the first disciples one day as jesus was preaching on the shore of the sea of galilee great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the words the word of god he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing, washing their nets. Nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push 
it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds, the crowds from there. Okay, so we said, uh, Jesus asked Simon, let's you know that there was a relationship, there was a relationship within them. He had met them before. Okay, you don't just walk up to people and then you already know them and then just say, let me use their boat. There was a relationship with between between Jesus, Simon, and Andrew before. And you will see it when we do when we do the Ammon, Ammonite study, when we bring together how they all met Jesus for the first time. But this was how they were eventually called. Okay? So he sat in the boat and taught the crowd from there. Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I will let the nets down again. I will let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. Uh, a shout for help brought their partners in the other boats, and soon boats, boat, boat boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed and followed Jesus. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Next, Jesus heals a man with leprosy, verse 12. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. Advanced case of leprosy means that the old, the old hand is gone. It's, it's, uh, the, the leprosy has gone so far, depleting the skin. Okay, very bad. It says, when the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing... You can heal me and make me clean. Okay? What he was looking for was to be cleansed. And I'm telling you two different things. So to be cleansed of your leprosy and to be healed of it are two different things. You can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. He said, be healed and instantly the leprosy disappeared. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Jesus says, I am willing. Okay? Jesus is always willing. Willing to see that we are healed. We are whole. Verse 14. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Okay, so you can find that in Leviticus chapter 14, you know, um, 
the requirements the law of Moses gave those who have been cleansed of the leprosy. He says this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instruction, instructions, the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowd came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. It wasn't Jesus' you know, intention to become more and more popular. His instruction oftentimes was that the crowd should keep everything to themselves. But the more he tried to keep everything wrapped up, the more his fame spread. He says, um, and vast crowd came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often, often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Yes, we saw this. Mark pointed this out very well. Jesus would just withdraw. Hmm? Because he was not looking for fame. He was not looking for popularity. Okay? If he was <laughs> someone else. Yes, this was the opportunity. Okay? To, to usurp, usurp the, the political and the religious leaders of his time. But Jesus was not looking for that. Next, Jesus heals a paralyzed man one day while Jesus was teaching some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea as well as from Jerusalem and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. The Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. These men they showed up from practically every village in all of Galilee and Judea. Verse 18 says, Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on the mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Hmm. Seeing their fate, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Wow, I love this. Jesus saw their faith. Verse 20, seeing their faith, your faith can be seen. Faith is visible. Yes, faith is visible. It's in action. Faith is the grace of God in action when the grace of when the power of god encounters your action that is the grace of god i'm telling you jesus said to the man young man your sins are forgiven but the pharisees and teachers of religious laws law said to themselves who does he think he is that's blasphemy only god can forgive sins Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? We have discussed this a few times, right? I think it's in, in the book of Matthew. It's also in the book of Mark. And we said, look, the other one, really, the easier one is to just simply say your sins are forgiven. Okay? And everybody knows that you can't forgive sins anyway. Um, and then you don't need to prove anything. So whether the man's sins are forgiven or not, nothing. Okay? But Jesus is telling them that the other one is to say your sins are forgiven. Because if the man's sin is truly forgiven, then saying that he should walk 
is very easy. Okay? If sin is dealt with, then the consequences of sin can then be dealt with. So Jesus proves to them that our boat can be, he can do both of them. So verse 24, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth uh, to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and, stared, and said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, immediately, remember that Luke is a physician. Immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home praising God. So, one of the things I, I have learned as we are reading is the way the people take action immediately. Okay? So I say again, the grace of God is where your action encounters the power of God, the word of God. If Jesus says, stand up, pick up your mat and go home, and the man sat, sat down on the floor, what do you think is going to happen? I think it is very likely the man will not be healed. I promise you. Okay? So, for many believers, it's not because God does not want to heal them. It's not even because the word has not even gone forth. But that other part where their own action part, just like when Jesus told them you know, to cast their, their nets, Imagine if Peter said, Ah, Lord, your words are very powerful and sweet. Oh. But Peter sat on the sat sat on the word, did not do anything, did not move the boat out, you know, into the water to do anything. Would they have caught anything? No. And this is how the power of God works. This is how the grace of God works. Okay? So as everyone was watching, it says, and immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up. Eh? Just imagine it. He would have been trying to get up, right? You remember, he's totally lame. Okay? He has never walked before. He's trying to get up. But as he's trying to get up, he's trying to get up. Suddenly, strength just come into, into his legs and he jumps up. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, most a lot of people would have jumped up with him. Hmm. The man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home, praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe and they praised God exclaiming we have seen amazing things today ah i pray you, you will see amazing things the power of God will will be manifest in your life it will manifest itself in your life in the mighty name of Jesus next jesus calls levi that's matthew later later as jesus left the town he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. 28, so Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Later, Levi had held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their, teach and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scums? Eh? With such scum. I, I hope you've not forgotten how, how Matthew puts this. 
Uh, Matthew told us that Jesus' crowd was usually made up of this kind of people. So I often tell people, most of us would not have followed Jesus because of the kind of people that followed him. And I'm telling you, these were the kind of people that Jesus was looking for. He says, why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. That's the, that's the people God, Jesus is looking for. Those who know they are sinners. Those who know they need God. He says, and they need to repent. Next, a discussion about fasting. One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? (laughs) Jesus responded, verse 34, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Then Jesus gave this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment, for then the new garment will be ruined, and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskin, for the new wine would bust bust the wineskin, spilling the wine and ruining the skin. New wine must be stored in new wineskin. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The hold is just fine, they say. In other words, <laughs> they would want to stay with the old. Yes, they would say the old is just fine. Why do we need the new? But the problem is, listen, the problem is unless you want the new, you will not go for it. And as you want the new, you will realize that you need new wine skin because you cannot put it in the old wine skin. And we agreed that what Jesus was bringing is new wine. It needs new wine skin, new hearts, hearts that are ready to receive him. Hallelujah. All right. So I'm glad we are in Luke chapter 6, a discussion about the Sabbath. One, Luke chapter 6 from verse 1. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples broke off heads of grain, rubbed off the ox in their hands, and ate the grain. But some Pharisees said, Why are you breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? I don't know why they called that harvesting grain. Okay, They were definitely not harvesting grain. They were just plucking off heads of grain. Why are you harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus replied, Haven't you read in the scripture what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves, loaves of bread that only the priests can eat. He also gave some to his companions. And Jesus added, The Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Eh? (laughs) I'm telling you. So there was once... One time I did a study, times in the Old Testament, where people broke, in quotes, broke the law and God did not condemn them. Or God's anger was not released upon them. And I think it was the king, um, Ezekiel, 
was it Ez- no Ezekiah? Yes, it was King the King Ezekiah who prayed for people as they were breaking the law that God would have mercy on them because they they ate the sacrifices before before being fury, fully purified. And he asked God, you know, to have mercy on the people. And God listened, listened to him because of the enthusiasm of the people to participate, you know, in, in the celebration, okay, as the nation was restored back, back to God, okay? So, people were not made for the Sabbath. I think I love the way, the way Matthew puts it better. People were not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. It was supposed to be a day where people, you know, are able to set aside time to be in the presence of God, to love one another, to love their neighbor. Okay, that is what the Sabbath is for. It is not a day to bind up people and put yokes on our necks. Okay, next Jesus heals on the Sabbath. On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. And the teachers of religious the religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of walking on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? <laughs> Respond now. Of course, you can't. You couldn't have responded to say uh, it's not a day uh, to do to do good uh, because it's the Sabbath day. You can't do the, the crowd will stone you. They will stone you to death. Okay. So they knew that Jesus understood their trick. He looked around at them. Verse 10, he looked around at them one by one and then said to the man, hold out your hand. You know, I've said that I would love to do this kind of work. Wouldn't you like to do this kind of work? Hey, this is wonderful work. Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. That was the work Jesus did. 11, at this, the enemies of Jesus were wide with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. So Luke distinguishes, this was what was already happening in Mark chapter 3, that Mark said that they began to look for a way to kill him. So Luke distinguishes it, that they were just looking for what to do to him. Before they now came to Mark chapter 13, where they were now really looking for a way to kill him by, by all means. Next, Jesus chooses the 12 apostles one day Soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Did you hear that? He prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, whom he named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Aphius, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. From verse 17, when they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area. 
surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. Hallelujah. All right, let's continue. The Beatitudes. Then Jesus turned to the disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you, and mock you and curse you as evil because you followed the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. Next, what sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you have your own happiness now. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowd, for their ancestors also praised false prophets. Alright, let's stop here today. We stopped on verse 26. We take it from here tomorrow. Many wonderful lessons for us to learn. We call this the Beatitudes. Okay? Yes, read the Beatitudes and learn, learn, learn the secret lessons to, to making it in the kingdom. Father, we say thank you again this morning. Hold us in your embrace, Jesus. Help us to, to go deeper, deeper in our walk with you. Thank you for the understanding that you have given us this morning. We pray, help us to love one another better and better in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us to continue to grow in our faith and let your name alone be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.